Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Yo, I am so glad to see all of y'all. Well, I guess technically I can't see you like with my physical eyes, but I can see you with my spiritual eyes because I'm deep like that. You know, one of these days when we get a bigger budget, I'm going to have to script this show so that I don't have moments like that. But right now, in the meantime, in between times, y'all stuck with me and that's just the way it's going to be. Just like Jay-Z, I'm doing it in one take, so we not taking it out neither, baby. I just told a fib. I actually punch in all the time during these things. That's one of the benefits to doing a solo podcast is I can start and stop as many times as I want. I can go back and change stuff. I can change my voice a little bit. All that stuff. Because, like, really, who going to check me? I just do stuff. Anyhow, this is the first episode of the third season of the new living translation that's right we ain't been canceled yet mainly because it's nobody to cancel me it's just me and sam and rob and they ain't tried nothing yet so we're gonna ride this thing till the wheels fall off now three black men the podcast where all of us is entering its fourth season and this season we are talking all about liberation if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet you should do that but right here on translation you're going to look at liberation as an extension and an act of love. As I was thinking about that, I thought about the fact that it's kind of hard for a lot of us to define love. I think one of the most compelling definitions I've heard of is that love is the giving of all that one is, all that one has, and all that one does for the positive benefit of another, expecting nothing in return. I think that's a dope way of looking at love when it comes to loving other people. Love is an interesting concept because it's applied in so many different ways. Some people talk about the necessity of loving God, the greatest commandment. Some people talk about the necessity of loving your neighbor, just like the first commandment. Some people talk about the necessity of loving yourself, an act of self-care and For what it's worth, it's also what Jesus pointed to to saying how you ought to love your neighbor. Jesus said, love your neighbor like you love yourself. But what do we mean when we say love? What images pop in our mind? A lot of times I think of warm, fuzzy feelings. I think of the little heart emojis. I don't know why they got them in so many colors now, but they do. It's like mad colors of the heart emoji. But we associate that with love. We associate certain holidays with love, like Valentine's Day. For some reason, we got the little baby angel thing. We call it a cherub, but the cherubs in the Bible look a little bit different. For some reason, the little thing flying around with a bow and arrow is very dangerous, by the way. You should not leave a bow and an arrow where a little baby, I don't care if it's an angel. It's just, I think it's, it's just a bad precedent. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. Anyhow, we associate images like that with love, but... What does that mean in a real sense, a practical sense? 
We got books like The Five Love Languages that suggest to us that people send and receive love in different fashions. And I think there's some logic to that, but it gets a little confusing if everybody is measuring love by a different standard, a different metric. What do we mean when we talk about love? And as I ponder this question, I came across this passage of scripture that paints this portrait of love. A beautiful portrait, a portrait that inspired things inside of me. Things like this episode. So without any further ado, we're going to have some bona fide Bible talk about 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start at the 7th verse and work our way through the end of the chapter. Let's go. Beloved, we got to spread the love because love came from God. If you bow love, we know you came from God, and we know you know God. But if you don't spread the love, then you ain't never known God, because God is love. This is how God showed love for us. God sent their only son down here with us to lead us to the good life. And that's what real love looked like. Not that we love God, but that God loved us enough to send their son to fix the mess we made in front of God. Beloved. If God loved us like that, then we should love each other. Ain't nobody seen God before. But if you spread the love, then God is living right here with us. And everything about the love of God going to show through how we live. It's how you know you living in God and God living in you. Because God gave us the spirit of God. No lie, we sent it. The Father sent the Son to save the world. Anybody who recognized that Jesus is God's Son... God already living in them, and they living in God. We know for sure that God got love for us, and we're going to stand on that love. God is love. If you living in love, you living in God, and God living in you. That is how love showed through us. So you ain't got to be shook on Judgment Day, because we living just like Jesus did down here in this mess. Ain't no fear in love. When you love right, you ain't never scared. And if you scared of the sentence, that means you ain't loving right. We love because God love first. If you say you love God but got hate for your own people, you will lie. If you can't love the people you can see with your own eyes, you can't love a God you can't see. And this is the commandment we got from God. If you love God, Love your people. As I read this passage, have all of these thoughts swirling around. Dope thoughts, comforting thoughts. But it still left me with this thing. What is love? All it tells me is that God is love. And it gives me examples of how we know that God loves us. Because God gave the son to deliver us from sin, this wild matrix that we live in. And as I thought about what that means for love, I recognized that love is that force which draws us back into the fullness of what God has for us. Love is that which draws us back into harmony, overriding all of the things that drive us towards this pursuit for dominance, this desire to climb this ladder of hierarchies. Love sounds 
like a powerful force. It don't seem like much of a feeling at all. And so I think that love is a commitment, but not just a commitment to a person, not just a commitment to an ideal. Love is the commitment to wholeness. We've never seen God, but we've seen God's commitment to wholeness. And this passage tells us that we see this commitment to our wholeness and that when God sees us in the middle of a mess, God is not distant. But God hops into the middle of that mess with us. That commitment says that the salvation of God, the deliverance of God is one in which God comes into our situation, wholly committed to seeing us back to a state of wholeness, overriding all of the many forces all of the many systems, all of the many attitudes, all of the many habits that have been erected around us that keep us from experiencing the fullness of freedom that God designed for us. And as I thought about this idea of love as a commitment to wholeness, I went back through the scriptures and thought about all of the ways that people had discerned the presence and the activity of God in their midst thought about the story of creation and how God did not stop creating until God was able to say that everything was good. In fact, the first thing that God calls not good in the Genesis account of creation is for a human to be alone. It's hard to be whole apart from community. Throughout the Hebrew scriptures, we see the looming threat of exile. We see the reality of bondage. It is hard to be whole when you are kept from your freedom, when you are kept from your promise. And in the New Testament, we meet a Jesus who goes around feeding the hungry people, goes around healing people because it is hard to be whole when you are hungry. It is hard to be whole when you're hurting. Love is the commitment to our wholeness. I find it fascinating that when Jesus judges people, it is not by the creeds that we confess. It's not by how many doctrines we get right. It's by how we treat the least of those among us. And so in this passage, we learn that if you cannot love the people that you can see, if you cannot be committed to the wholeness of the people that you encounter on a regular basis, then you cannot possibly honestly and sincerely claim to love God because God is love. God is the commitment to wholeness. And if you live in the commitment to wholeness, then you live in God and God lives in you. As I think about what that means for not only how I read the Bible, but how I interact in the world, it's a lot harder to claim my love stuff because I haven't been that committed to the wholeness of everything I've claimed to love. But when you look at the definition, the description of what love is, here in this passage, we see that love does not withhold. Love is vulnerable because if you are committed to the wholeness of other people, it can seem pretty draining. That's why love only works in community. As you are committed to the wholeness of others, other people are committed to your wholeness. That's what the Spirit of God does for us. It drives us to be committed to the wholeness of everyone around us. 
Wholeness is not a zero-sum game. I do not lose any part of my wholeness when you become more whole. In fact, we were all designed to be whole. And it's only through the bad habits, actions, and systems that have been perpetuated by humans that we become less whole. But love undoes that. Love covers a multitude of sins. The commitment to wholeness overcomes so many of the problems that ail us. And so I think about the fact that if God is love, then that means that the creator of the universe is committed to my wholeness. And if I desire to live in God, then I too am committed to wholeness. I'm committed to my wholeness. I'm committed to your wholeness. And I'm committed to the wholeness of God's creation. And to me, beloved of God, that sounds like good news. Almighty God, whose very being is the definition of love, we thank you for being committed to our wholeness. And we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you might enable us to be committed to the wholeness of others so that everybody might come to know what love is through the way that we carry ourselves. In the name of Jesus, by whom I know your love for us, we pray, amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at 3BlackMen. That's the number three, not spelled out, BlackMen. You can find me on all social media platforms at PastorTray05. That's PastorTray05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at Patreon.com slash 3BlackMen. Spell three out that time, though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar. <laughs>